What's up, Sideline Story family? It's your boy, Justin Benson, man. JB, back with another episode on the Sideline Story podcast. Today, we have another special guest, man, my boy, Tyron Gibson, who is a freshman coach and assistant varsity coach at Hustle High School. Tyron, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm great, bro. How are you, man? I'm doing just fine, man. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and just spending some time to just share your story and share a little bit about coaching, man. Man, I appreciate you having me. Uh Man, like you said, my name is Tyron Gibson, uh, originally from Chicago, man, but I moved here about sixth grade um, and just been and just been here around the basketball scene. So I played at Huntsville High for about two years, transferred to Grissom and finished my uh, high school career. And then I played uh, two years at Martin Methodist College. And after that, I ended up becoming a coach. And I, I never thought uh, never thought I'd become a coach, to be honest with you. I understand that, man. So just... Growing up, man, just tell us, you know, a couple of sports you played. Just what made basketball stick out to make that your primary sport? Uh, man, um, I played basketball, baseball, um, and I also did bowling. A lot of people don't know that about me. Um, just, a, just a small, small portion of people know that about me. But um, basketball was always, I don't know, man. I, I, it's hard to really explain. It's just one of those things that you just, you pick up and you, and you grasp and you never let go. Yeah. Um, I grew up, you know, in a around basketball. My cousins played. Um, my older cousins were, were always beating up on me. I can never, you know, I can never get a win. Yeah. And so I was always determined to be better than them. Um, so much better than them, you know, do better things than them, uh, you know, with basketball. Yeah. And, um, you know, kids I grew up with in Chicago around the corner from my grandparents' house, you know, just building bonds. I think, I think at a young age, I really realized like, you know, you can make, you make a lot of friends with just basketball Yeah, and, you know, and, and I enjoy playing it too. So. Sounds good, man. So just when you moved here, man, was, was basketball kind of something that kept you, you know, just at peace knowing that you moved from, you know, Chicago to Huntsville, that's two totally different, you know, storms of life. So just, it was that your kind of like get away from certain situations and keep you peace. Absolutely, man. That was my safe haven. Yeah. Uh, basketball has always been, and even to this day, as a coach, is still my safe haven. Um, and I say that in a sense of like, like you said, uh, moving from Chicago to Huntsville, Alabama. One, I had no idea what Huntsville, Alabama was, <laughs> and two, all I heard was Alabama. And so, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes that go with the state of Alabama. Yeah. So. You know, I'm moving here. I don't know anybody. Um, I don't know the area. I don't. I don't know anything. Um, and but all I know is basketball. You know, we in PE. That's how I met the people I met at school. Yeah, and was through playing basketball in PE. It was like, dang, you pretty decent. Da 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 da. And then you just start, you know, yeah, building, building, building relationships mm-hmm. like that. But um, it was definitely. Um, my safe haven. Um, I, I would go to the gym to ex- escape whatever you know. I whatever was going on in life, uh, just to I don't know, just to get away. You know, something certain things you feel like some some excuse me. Sometimes you feel like you know certain things are uh, way heavy on you, and basketball was was really there to alleviate a lot of the heavy things that you know. I dealt with growing up, uh, moving from moving from Chicago, moving here, and all the challenges I faced, you know, since moving here as well. So. Sounds good, man. I definitely understand that. So just 
growing up, man, did you have dreams of playing college ball or just when did it when did it hit you that, you know, this may be something that you want to do in the future? Man, I'll be honest. Uh, I had no idea what college sports was um, until I moved here, uh, moved to Alabama. Uh, growing up, I just I just knew the hoop. I just knew the hoop, play in the park, um, you know, a little rec league yeah. here and there. But, like, it wasn't until I moved here where I kind of found out about colleges um, and things of that nature. Um, but as far as... Uh, me me realizing that I wanted to play, uh, I think it wasn't a t- play college ball. It wasn't until about seventh or eighth grade where I was like, "Yeah, that's something I want to do." Like I'm not doing baseball. I bowl bowl for fun, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing baseball, and you know I just really want to stay laser focused on this, and you know see what what I can get out of it. And that's exactly what I did. Now, you know everybody has those ideas of playing but as far as like when it became a reality that i could man i would have to say it was my my um sophomore year the spring summer to my going into my junior year mm-hmm. um i just saw a big big jump in my level of play um i saw a lot of the things that i was working on daily skills shooting you know, I just I saw all of it starting to mesh together and yeah. it started to kind of click for me. And I was like, man, I, I'm if I continue to do what I'm doing now, man, uh, I could definitely, definitely uh, play collegiate basketball. Definitely understand that, man. It's always something, you know, you finally get that switch like, all right, bro. Now, yeah, now man, my sure. now my skills taking off for the work that I Absolute, put in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so, like, it's not enough to wish it. But like, man, like when you when you when that switch hits. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 we can do this. Yeah. Definitely do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, just, you know, you just say your skills change. Just tell us a a little bit about your, you know, your high school career at Grissom and just some of your best moments, whether it was junior or senior year, that you remember. For sure. Um, Man, um, my junior year, I mean, when I transferred in, I was kind of low man on the totem pole. And, I, and the only reason I say that is because I was playing behind two other guys, two other good players, um, Adam Smith Adam Smith, and uh, EJ Turner, rest in peace, my boy. Um, I was playing behind them, and then at the same time, I'm still trying to uh, figure out their system and what they're doing on offense and stuff like that. Um, and so just trying to figure it out, fit it in. and um, But every day, came to practice, work, you know, trying to make myself better, trying to make my teammates better any way I can, and just continue to work, continue to work. And, man, um, it wasn't until we played Bob Jones uh, and uh, that 2012 team. They had Moss, Reggie Ragland, Trayvon Landry, yeah. Tyler Davis. Man, they were loaded. Like, I mean loaded. Yeah. It wasn't until we played them at home where I really kind of got my, my first opportunity to really – shine i would say um i had some opportunity to play early in the season um but you know first year on varsity you don't really perform exactly how you want to because it's a different speed of the game and so i just kind of had to get acclimated and then by the time we played bob jones at home um i was able to get acclimated uh ej was out i think with an ankle ankle injury and so you know there was an opening for minutes um and so uh i remember getting subbed in after 
forgot exactly. Oh, no, I know exactly what happened. Uh, Moss had a fast break dunk. Um, posterized a teammate. <laughs> drop name, but you know, uh, it was it was it was nasty. I sub in, and so you know, I bring the ball up the court, and we running a set, running a set, and um, I set a back screen, and then I get a down screen coming, and I just catch, and I go straight into my shot, and I just all net, man, and it was it was a an amazing feeling because like one, that was my first bucket as a on a, on varsity. And two, it was just kind of, man, it was kind of eye-opener. Like, man, all this work I've been putting in, learning, you know, what we're doing on offense and things of that nature. Um, And it just, it showed. Like I said, early in the season, I had opportunities to play, but um, they were slim. So at that that juncture, you know, it's either you you know what's going on or you don't. And I didn't know what was going on. I can honestly say that. And so – I didn't play much, you know, my junior year. But I, after that game, I was starting to see myself more and more and more playing. And then um, my senior year, um, my senior year was was probably my best year, but also my most disappointing year, in my personal opinion. Um, and the reason I say that is because obviously we all have goals for ourselves, standards that we set for ourselves, mm-hmm. and mine was. Um, I had I had a high standard for myself, and so I knew I wasn't playing up to par. Um, I was playing great our first two games. I got hurt, um, high ankle sprain. I was out uh, for a couple games, and our point guard, other point guard, Russ Daniels, my boy, um, he came in and he was doing his thing as a junior underclassman. He was doing his thing, leading us to wins, uh, leading the team, and so when I got back. You know, rotation is already solidified, so you know I'm just trying to find my groove back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, I would play, I would play. We played about equally, uh, but I didn't produce how I wanted to produce. Yeah. You know how I initially came into the season thinking, "Hey, I want to do this, 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 this," um, and it just didn't work out how I envisioned. It. And that's the only reason I say I think it was a disappointing season. But overall, it was a great season. And I only say it's disappointing just by my standard for myself. Um, but it wasn't until uh, the area championship, man, uh, where uh, Russ had got hurt and I had to come in play big minutes. And, man, I think uh, I had the best best game in my career in terms of assists. I had a, a career-high eight assists. I uh, was just able to find teammates. Uh, they were able to, you know, knock shots down. Yeah. Um, and – you know, put us in a position to win uh, against a very good lead team that year. Uh, they had Quan for Tony um, and some uh, Gerontism and some other guys. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, we ended up losing. But you know, it was that was one of the big moments for me. Um, was it just solidified again, man? You know how coaches always say, "Stay ready, stay ready, stay ready, stay yeah. ready." When your numbers call, because uh, you never know when it's going to be called, and you never know. And you always want to be ready, you know what I'm saying? And so it just solidified that even more. And I, I preach that to this day, you know, stay ready, stay ready. Yeah, I but. definitely I definitely feel you on that, man, especially, you know, my story of just I ain't even played till varsity. So, I mean, till senior year right. varsity. So that's that's the same thing. The number going to get called, just got to produce when you're there, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So, man, as your, as your career, you know, I agree some Indy, just – 
Tell us a little bit, a little bit about your recruiting process and what made you choose Martin, what attracted you to Martin, or even just how you got to Martin. I got you. Um, man, uh, my recruiting process um, was very slow. Um, I didn't have many offers. Um, my first offer came from Oglethorpe University, uh, D3 in Atlanta. And I went to a I went to a uh, basketball camp the summer of my junior year uh, down in Birmingham. It was called Colonnade, um, and it was ran by some of the, the best coaches in the state. Um, and they would have coaches coming in and out, in and out during workouts and you know games. We mm-hmm. would scrimmage each other um, and stuff of that nature. And we we stayed there for the weekend. And it wasn't until the, the second day we were playing. I think we had just finished going through workouts and they had split teams up to go play and the assistant coach from Oglethorpe walked in ended up staying for the entire game and, um, I don't even remember exactly what I did but I know I helped my team to win that's that's all I knew you know we were able to uh we won that game and that's kind of where my first interest came from and then uh it was starting to get closer to graduation I was still trying to hold out hope to you know get them get um get some more offers because Oglethorpe as a D3, you know, as you know, uh, they don't offer uh, athletic scholarships. Yeah. So I had a pretty decent ACT score, but um, it wasn't enough to get tuition paid for fully. Yeah. Um, but Oglethorpe, um, they honestly had my life mapped out. I went down for a visit. Um, I played against some current players. Um, it was a great experience. You know, they kind of they mapped out exactly what I what I had planned to do with my life. You know, I'd have been a dual enrollment over at Georgia Tech. Uh, man, like I want to say they had my life mapped out for me. They had it mapped out. And even then, I was still, you know, I don't know if it was just hunger or a greed, but I was still, you know, looking for something, yeah. looking for something else. And so um, my high school coach had told me about um, Martin Methodist. They were having an open trial, um, and it was a it was probably 25 to 30 maybe more kids that, that showed up to, to play. Mm-hmm. And honestly, bro, I didn't think I did, did, did good at all. To yeah. be honest with you, you know what I mean? I, I didn't think I performed well enough to even get a call back. And sure enough, I got a call back, you know, they called, uh, said they wanted me. They, you know, were only going to be able to offer me a partial scholarship. And I only heard scholarship. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. as a kid, that's all you hear, scholarship, scholarship, scholarship. You know what I'm saying? It, I ain't hear full. All I, I, all I heard was partial. I mean, excuse me, I only heard scholarship. And so um, I, I was I was kind of all in. And I also went, uh, a good friend of mine, Jamarcus Jones, um, also went down to trial. And, you know, they offered him a, a partial as well. And so um it was sounding good, man, to, yeah. to go play, you know, with a good friend of mine, you know, go play in college with a good friend of mine. Like, yeah. that's kind of what you dream of, honestly, yeah. like to be able to go to school with, you know, some of your teammates, friends and do what you love. And so I ultimately made my decision based off of ignorance. Um, I was on my way to a workout. I remember getting a call from the head coach at Oglethorpe and he was calling to, te- you know, check on me to see, you know where I was at in my process and if there were any other interest had any other interest came in and you know he was just letting me know that they still wanted me uh he was just giving me a heads up that they would also be bringing 
uh, two or three uh, other recruits as well as myself in with a 20, uh, excuse me, the 2013 class. And so, um, I had no prior knowledge of college and how it worked and any of that thing, any of that nature. And so my ignorance kind of really, I was really, really ignorant in terms of what goes on. And so when he told me that, man, I was, I was thrown off. I was just like, I don't know why, but in my mind, I was like, I should be the only one, you know, coming in that whole thing. So I, I, <laughs> extremely ignorant, man, in, yeah. in, this, in the, in the long in the run. Game, man. And so, uh, when he told me that, it kind of threw me off and I was, you know, and then on top of that, the assistant coach also took a, took a job, another job at Gardner Webb and he's the assistant coach that came and saw me. We had a good, you know, had a good bond and good, uh, uh, good relationship and I remember talking to JJ he was like I'm gonna do it and I was like you know what why not I'm gonna go so we end up at Martin um, we get to I guess it's the first orientation and so you got a lot of people on the green and we're introducing each other introducing ourselves to each other and so we're doing an icebreaker and we're just saying our name and uh, what we do and so, um, hey, my name is Tyra and I play basketball. And so you hear soccer, softball, baseball, and then like you start hearing a lot more basketballs being said. Like, yeah. how my name is DJ, I play basketball. How my name is Brandon, I play basketball. And then I started getting to the end of the line and I'm like, yo, how many, how many folks is playing? How many folks is on the team? And so come to find out, it's like 22, 23 freshmen that they brought in. God, and so this is NAI, bro. And I, I, <laughs> I had no idea what NAI was and how I operated either. So when I saw 22, 23 freshmen, yeah, I was like, what the heck is this, man? Like, what's, what's going on here? And man, sure enough, uh, it was, it was a crazy experience because it was crazy, but it was also, it had, it had great, I had great experiences there as well. Let me say that. Um, but it was crazy in a sense on the basketball tip because one wasn't expecting that many people to be, you know, brought in. Like that's yeah. almost a football team. You feel me? Like, yeah. That, like, you got, yeah. We got a football team, but the school don't even offer football. You know what I'm saying? And secondly, you know, they brought that many kids in starting a JV program. And I don't think any of us had that prior knowledge until we got there. And yeah. then, that's not even the, the tip of the iceberg. They had their 12, 15 guys that they had on full scholarship that were going to play um, in conference um, in regular season games. And so we were kind of the front runners of uh, the JV program. And in the JV program, we played other schools that had JV programs, uh, junior colleges. Um, but that didn't happen until my sophomore year there. And But my freshman year, man, the practices that we had were – like when I say light, I mean extremely light, like light sweat. <laughs> I had harder practices in, in in high school, man. Like yeah, to where I'm, I'm like contemplating, dang, do I even want to do this anymore? You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. kind of practices in high school, and but I got to college and it was it was, it was light work. Um, and I also, I mean, I, I want to thank give credit to all the coaches that I had in the prior prior. Like when we started getting into like concepts and stuff like that, I had a prior knowledge, so. Like it, a lot of the stuff 
came a lot easier to me because I knew, you know, what I was, what they were talking about. Yeah. And so I just got to thank my other, my old coaches. But man, um, after a while, bro, practices weren't hitting. We just started, we all like just kind of came together and was like, man, we just going to kind of do this thing on our own. Like we, we going to hoop, work out, all of that, go to class, like hoop probably three, four times a day. I'm talking morning afternoon maybe another hoop session and then right before they close the uh close the gym yeah you know what i mean three two three times a day um working out in between classes and stuff like that so we all had our our grind hats on man and we were just you know trying to make the best of the situation um and then i just fast forwarded man because it's it's crazy crazy story but that semester after that first semester ended man half of those those guys were gone uh uh, you know, whether it was for they transferred out, they didn't like it, or they didn't go to class, um, flunked out, or just couldn't afford to, you know, stay in. And so uh, they had, it was like half of us there. And then after that second semester, um, you only had about five guys that actually returned mm-hmm. back to the school. And then they brought in a whole another 20, 24 kids. God, you know what I'm saying? Twenty four kids. Like it was, mm. it was the craziest thing I've ever I've ever seen. But I, I, I tell kids this story, man, because you got to make a decision based off of, you know, not what sounds good. Like, oh, such and such offered me. I'm thinking of them, but it's in all honesty, it's not the best situation, right? You got a coach on one end that's going is going to look out for you. He's got a game plan for you. He's mapped out, you know, this, that, and the third for you. Yep. Versus, you know, a situation that sounds good because of the location or who it is or whatever. So I just like to tell my guys, like, man, you got to, when you do start getting those offers, man, it's not even about the name. It's about the situation and what's best for you. You first and foremost, your family. And then, you know, you just got to make sure you have that your coach is, his interest is in you. You know what I'm saying? Not just you. But he has your best interest at heart. You're not just another head or another number or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's the biggest my biggest thing I like to stress to my guys or any anybody that's, you know, going through that process yeah. that might be listening today. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, man. I, I understand that because we see it all the time. Just people not getting what they were so called promised or told or whatever when Absolutely. it comes to recruiting. So I definitely Absolutely, understand, man. man. So switching gears a little to the coaching, man. Just, you said, you know, you, you didn't know how coaching came about. So just how did coaching come about or just the <laughs> story behind that? Man, God, that's, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, I had no, no, no desire to coach, bro. Like no desire to coach whatsoever. Like, if you could talk to 16-year-old me right now and, and say, hey, you're going to be a coach in the next coming years, like when you get older, well, I'd laugh in my own face. <laughs> like it was just it was just never a thought, you yeah. know what I mean? I loved the game, but I never wanted to teach teach it, you know, or, or saw myself as a coach. Um, my goal was always to play collegially and potentially, you know, play overseas if that was, you know, a feasible thing to do. Um. But it, I came back home after my sophomore year and I just working, uh, you know, for trying to find my next situation, um, where I could go. And an old AAU coach 
had reached out. Um, he was over at JP2. Um, and he was asking, you know, hey, what are you doing? Da 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 da. Uh, about school. Sorry, he, he was asking, what are, what are you doing about school? And I was like, I don't know yet, still trying to, you know, figure it out. And so he just kept asking, you know what I mean? Just every opportunity. I won't say like he was bugging me about it, but like, you know, um, you know, anytime he could, he would just see, you know, what's going on with me, where, where I was at with that. And it wasn't until I think he was having a workout at the school over at JP2. And when he went in, when I went in, I was like, you know what? Nothing's falling, nothing's falling in a place how I wanted to. Um, let me see, you know, what, what, what he's got going on. And I told him, Hey, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Um, I'll coach because he was asking me if I would coach middle school. And so, man, uh, a leap of faith, a leap of faith, mm. a big leap of faith, man. Um, when, when, when I told him, yes, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I just knew I would be coaching seventh and eighth grade boys. Yeah. Um, and ultimately I was part of starting the seventh and eighth grade boys over at, uh, JP2. Uh, and so, you know, all schools have feeder schools. And so they had three feeder schools. Um, but each school had their own team. Wow. And so that my first year coaching was, um, the first time they brought all of those kids from each different school to one team under JP2's mantle. And um, just kind of getting them ready, playing already playing with one another, um, so that you know start kind of developing bonds. So by the time they make it to JP two, you know things are a lot easier. Yeah. You know they know a little bit more about the game um, and some some things that they might want to do at the uh, at a higher level. Um, and so I had seventh and eighth grade boys. I think I had about uh, ten seventh grade boys, ten or. About, in total, I had about twenty some kids. Yeah, um, and it was it was it was nothing like I expected, man. Um, I'm a really competitive guy, and so um, losing is never something that I, I I like to do. But it's I know it's all part of the game, and so um, you know I'm trying to teach these guys you know more about the game, or at least what I know. And to be honest, man. Uh, just to backtrack real quick, to be honest, when I took this leap of faith, um, I think I was more hesitant uh, about coaching because my career hadn't played out how I wanted it to. Yeah. You know, everybody, we all have these goals that we set for ourselves and mine just didn't play out how I wanted it to. Uh, didn't play, you know, didn't finish over at college. Um, you know, I didn't make it overseas, play a year or two and then you know, this, that, and the third. Like, I had had a whole plan, and it just kind of, boom, just, you know, blew up. And I felt like I hadn't done anything with my career to where I could impart any type of knowledge to another kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's to say, like, a kid wouldn't turn around? And I I didn't have any kids that did, and I still haven't. Be like, you know, what have you done with your career? Da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. But... My my mindset was that I was living in fear of failure because I felt as though I had failed. Um, and then just to just to fast forward through that, that that first year, that first year was was probably the best thing for me, man. Um, I was able to uh, learn a lot, not even just as a coach, but just in terms of building relationships with uh, parents, kids, 
um, and just other people in, in this field of work that we do, trainers, other coaches, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, referees as well. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And uh, it was, it was, man, it was remarkable, man. I, I had a lot of blessings and doors open up from that year. Like, on, like honestly, like I tell a lot of people this. I don't, I don't tell enough people this, but I had uh, one of my parents. Um, it was after a game. This is this is probably one of the craziest stories you'll probably hear uh, in a while. Mm. After a game, we had won. Um, everybody was parents and a couple coaches. We went. We all went to uh, go eat afterwards. Kids as well. And um, you know, I'm sitting with the parents. We're talking. And no, and then we get to the we get to a a tight subject that I'm a little tight about, and it's just because I feel like I failed in that in that area. And so we, you know, get to the, the whole school thing. And so you know, I tell them, hey, I hadn't finished, uh, wasn't able to transfer due to on my previous school, so they wouldn't send my transcripts. And so they said, how, how much is it? You know, I, and I'm tell I tell them, and they say, we'll take care of it. And I say, I'm drinking lemonade. Everybody else is having a little, you know, a little feel good beer, whatever. And so I'm thinking, that's a liquor talker. Yeah. And sure enough, man, uh, the next day I was working a, um, I was working a youth, um, youth basketball game at the door. I was just working the door. And sure, sure enough, they walk in with a $2,100 check. Wow. Made out to me to pay my student loan. Wow. To pay that to pay off that loan at that at, at Martin Methodist. So I could, you know, get back into school, take classes, all of that. And so um that's just one door that opened up and then I was just able to meet a lot of people, um, build a lot of uh relationships just from just off of that first year. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, a lot of times we don't speak extremely highly of ourselves and it's, it's, it's a humbling thing, or at least, at least for me. Um, I don't, I don't always speak extremely highly of myself, but you know, that first year I had so many people speaking on my behalf, speaking highly of me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I'm not, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything school wise. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my, my career wise, and even with these guys, with these young, you know, these young kids that I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to mold, I don't feel as though I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm impacting them, mm. but like I don't see the grand picture of how I'm impacting them. Yeah. And, you know, it was, man, it was extremely eye opening, bro. It was just an extreme blessing. And the Howards, the Howards, I'll never forget them. Um, they're like family to me. I love them to death. Um, they're the ones that, 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 yeah, bless me. For sure. That's definitely a, a great blessing and, and a crazy story. You yeah. you don't hear that every day for sure. But that's just, what I'm saying, man. Absolutely. But just yeah. man, going back on some coaching stuff, just how is it for you just feeling to me able to impact kids every day just through coaching, man? Man, uh like the the word you just said, man, it's a blessing. It is an absolute blessing, man. Um you never really know how much you can impact kids um, until you start seeing them do what you do yeah, uh, or say what you do. And so um, I knew when I came into it, came into coaching at JP2 and at Homeschool High, 
Um, I knew I would, you know, I knew kids would look at me and they'd be like, you know, kind of almost look up to me, that kind of thing. But I just never, never really realized how, how much until like my, my third year at Huntsville High. And, you know, the things that I taught some of those kids at JP2, because I always kept up with them, you know, they were carrying on with, you know, yeah. with, as, as young men and, in um in their sports in their respective sports and it's just something it's a it's just amazing to see man and just amazing to see those kids grow each day that you're with them um like i use i use my guy luke i'll use my guy luke for example man i came into huntsville high i see luke guyette luke guyette man i see him i'm thinking hey man he's pretty good He'll, he'll be really really good and just to see his maturation um, over the last three years, from his sophomore year to his his senior year, has been nothing short of of a blessing, man. And it's it's hard to describe how it blesses me, but it, I, I I guess the best way I can say it is, you know, you receive so much gratification in being a part, even even just a small part of helping them achieve something that they wanted to do in life. Yeah. Whether it's, um, I want to make this type of layup or I want to do this type of, like whatever basketball related thing, or it could be something bigger that they want to do and being able to help them see that or help them through the hard parts, like the hard games where things aren't going right, things aren't going well, and to see them come up out of that, that ball of frustration and you know just kind of you know work through it watch them work through it and and be be them yeah become become as great as they can be and it's 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 a blessing man absolutely so man just on you know student athletes just what is some advice for some guys that you know may want to take their their game to the next level whether it be middle school to high school or just high school to college just what's some things that you continue to talk to your guys about each and every day um, work. Simple work, as that. Man. Um, that's that's it. Yeah, man. That's that's it. Um, your work shows. Um, your work gives you a level of confidence. Yeah. That nothing else can give you. Right. I can't go into a game and go do something I've never worked on. Yeah. I can't go in a game and go hit a jump shot. Um, uh, that I've never worked on. I can't go dribble a basketball. Um against a press or pass out of a press if I ain't never worked on it. And so the more work you put in, the more confidence that you build in not only yourself, but your ability. Um, and once you have the confidence in your ability to where, like I got to the point where, and it, it might sound arrogant, it might sound cocky, but at that point, it got to the point where ain't nobody taking my rock. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like it got to the point where I was extremely confident with my handle and my my change of pace and all this other all these other things to where nah, you're not. I don't care who you are. You're not taking my rock. Like you could be a lot faster than me, and I played against a lot of guys faster than me. You're not getting my rock. You gonna have to go through me, my body, to get. You know what I'm saying? Get yeah. my rock. And so, and that, and that's just a that's just all from my work. Like just continue to work and. Be open to criticism. 
I think that's the biggest thing um, I didn't do when I was growing up. Um, I wasn't open to criticism, not to say like I didn't listen, but, you know, sometimes you take criticism as shots or disbelief. And so it's like, oh, I got to prove them wrong. I got to prove them wrong. And growing up, that was my mentality. And it's a great mentality to have. But listen to those constructive criticisms. Now, everything ain't constructive criticism. Sometimes people are throwing shots. But the people that care about you, like your coaches that see you, they know your game, they know what you have to do and and what you should be better at. When they're telling you about things um, that you should be working on and that you need to work on, don't think of it as, you know, oh, coach is dogging me or this, that, and the third. No, coach knows exactly where you can be and who you can be and how you can help us. And, you know, you have to be able to take that constructive criticism, figure it out and, and get it, you know, get it done. And I think, I think that might be the, the biggest takeaway aside from, you know, just work your tail off. Yeah. Good things happen to those who work, man. I feel you, man. I, I, I firmly believe it. Definitely. Definitely, man. Just one more question for you. We end the show, man. Just, for someone trying to pursue a coaching career, just what's some advice that you would give them or just wisdom that you would give them? Man, that's a good one. Um, I know I'm still fresh in the game, so I don't know how much advice I can really give. But uh, if there was one thing I would have to say is when you're getting into this game, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to win basketball games. Yeah, it's cool to work on stuff you know it's cool to do all that other stuff but this is a relationship business yeah you know what i'm saying it's all about relationships referees coaches your uh, your team uh parents um like 80 like principal all of that like it's it's all a relationship business and knowing how to build and cultivate each individual rela- uh, relationship is going to do absolutely wonders for you. And prime example, I'm not I'm not here. I'm not a coach at Huntsville High School if someone I had I had I excuse me, if I wouldn't be at Huntsville High had I not built a rapport and a relationship with the person that uh, recommended me for the job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. had I not been the type of person that, you know, he knows me to be um, he wouldn't have referred me, you know, he wouldn't have referred me and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be right where I'm at at Huntsville High School, um, without that. And so, you know, that relationship and it's a, again, it's a relationship business. Um, and you just got to cultivate those relationships and mainly it's the ones with the kids. Um, the kids are, they are the, they are the diamond in, in all of this, you know what I'm saying? We, we have other, other, other people's kids in our custody and our care a lot more than they are with their parents. And yeah. so when you're around them, you know, what are you putting into them? You know, what are you, what are you giving them from you? You yeah. can be giving them good. You can be giving them bad. It all just depends on you. So continue to work on yourself and your knowledge of the game, but more so just you as a person. I think that might be. And those, those things might be the, the, the main things I can really say. Again, 
I'm still fresh. I'm still fresh in the game. Yeah. Skin in the game. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got much room to talk, but you know, I'm still learning every day. Um, and still being a, a sponge to whatever information I can get about coaching. Um, and, and anything, honestly. Yeah. And I think what you just entered on is it, probably one thing that a lot of people need to hear, just being a, a sponge and absorbing being a sponge. all information yeah. that they can, volunteer if you have to, like whatever yeah, you, no whatever doubt. you can do to just get your foot in and learn as much as you can, do it at this point. Right, absolutely. And and you, you just made a great point. Like even volunteering gets your foot in the door. It gets your foot in the door somewhere. Yeah. Because it – it, whether or not you have a major impact on where you're volunteering or whatever, you know, what you do as that volunteer, the work you put in, the relationship that you build, they set a standard for, hey, this guy, you got to have this guy on your staff. Or, yeah. hey, you got to at least consider this guy, man. He, he, he does everything that you need him to do and then some. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. It goes a lot, man. It goes a long way. For sure, man. So, Ty, that's all the questions I got for you today, man. Just thank you again for coming on the show and just sharing some wisdom and some knowledge on the Sideline Story Podcast, man. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you having me, bro. No problem, no problem. So, Sideline Story family, man, this is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you again for just uh, locking in and listening to me. I'm going to continue bringing out more stories. Ty, again, thanks, man. But at the end of the day, Sideline Story, man, we are out. Peace.